All right, some of you that have been with us throughout the series are like, where's the video? Where's the video? Well, uh, un- unfortunately, they, uh, the, my friend and the guys that were doing, they knocked out seven, and then the editing process took longer than expected. So unfortunately, the last three, we, we have to go video less. But uh, his name uh, is Tim Kirch. You can find him on Facebook. Uh, uh, please send him a note and, and let him know how appreciative you are of the videos that, that they were able to do uh, for us. Um, and so hopefully maybe in the future, uh, actually one of the teams we got up there is video team. We'd love to have a team that's focused in on, on videos. I think that's a, a great medium uh, for today uh, to be able to tell stories and set up things and have fun and get people to laugh and, and that sort of thing. Because, uh, you know, I'm not funny enough. I need help. Uh, so, amen, brother. Uh, I don't need help being loud, but I could. Ha- I do need help being funny. So, right, Gideon. Yeah. <clears throat> every good stump speech. Every good stump speech has a part about the economy. What I will do for the economy, right? And so, this series is called Greater Than. We're taking a look at Jesus' stump speech, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and uh, the videos and, and the play on everything. Is that what if Jesus? What if Jesus were running for office? I know he wasn't running for office. I know that he ran from taking earthly office, but he is still a king, and he still had a stump speech. And his stump speech. His stump speech has a portion about economy, about the economy of God's kingdom. What is it like to be a part of God's kingdom, and what is the economy of God's kingdom is, is, is like? What, what is it like? Because anytime people gather, whether it be in a local municipality, whether it be in a state, whether it be in a country, whether it be globally, when people get together, the way God has worked it out is that an economy happens. Okay, culture happens. It just happens. And a part of that culture is an economy. And when we are electing our govern, uh, our officials, our government officials, when we're electing them, we elect them in part for their ability to lead us economically. And usually it's pretty selfish, right? How will I benefit from your economic plan? And so, but... Here in the Sermon on the Mount, we get to a part where Jesus tells us about a greater economy, Matthew 6, 19. Remember, the, the background, the, the, the foundation of this entire Sermon on the Mount is blessed be those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Even in the greater economy, it is, that is the foundation of everything. Matthew 6, you can follow along in a hardbound. You can get your iPads out or, or some other inferior tablet or your phones out. <laughs> that was just for you, Jared. Uh, get your phones out, <laughs> smartphones. Uh, here to serve is our password uh, for the, the, the Wi-Fi, and you can follow along on the Bible app. Um, or you can just follow along on the screen. Matthew 6. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, the desires there, the desires of your heart will also be. I think most of us, most of us, I, I know I, pretty much all of you, uh, you know, you grew up in church and so therefore this is not news. This verse probably isn't news to any of us. We're not like, where did that come from? No, at this point in time, you're like, come on now, can you really give me something new? Probably not. Probably not. 
But in a greater economy, here's what Jesus is teaching. Here's what Jesus is teaching. All of us have treasure. All of us have treasure. Every one of us have treasure. It's a poverty mindset that, that would say, and you would be sit there saying, no, I don't. That'd be a poverty mindset. All of us have treasure. Here's what Jesus also says. We all will invest that treasure. We'll all invest that treasure. Here's the question that Jesus is asking behind all of this. Where are you going to invest it? Where are you going to invest it? We all have treasure. We all will invest that treasure. Where will you invest your treasure? That's it. This is what Jesus wants us to get, get at and think about during this section. Now, Jesus is talking about money here. He's talking about possessions, the stuff that we have. But the thread of the entire scriptures, really, I think we can boil treasure down to three different resources. One is money, possessions, stuff. The other is gifts. The gifts, the talents, the passions that he gives us. And we all receive money and gifts in varying degrees. We're not in Russia. We don't all earn the same amount of money, right? We've been given gifts in different varying degrees. But there's another resource that all of us have equal amount of. There's another treasure that all of us have equal amount of. That would be time. That would be time. When we invest our time, we don't invest it to get more of it. It's nonsensical, right? You're like, I can't invest my time and get 25 hours in a day. Who would want an extra hour in the day, right? (laughs) So we have time. We have money or possessions, the stuff that we have. We also have gifts. Jesus is teaching us we all have treasures. We all will invest them. Where will we invest them? And he gets us to think a little bit. Do we really want to invest them here in the stuff of this earth? Do we really? It's like, I'm also going to come in and eat it. All we're going to do is store it in the attic, right? We're going to buy it and store it in the attic. Or, 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 America problem, we're going to pay a rental facility $80 a month to store the stuff we don't want. That we'll never use again, but we might someday. So that when we die, our kids can then go through the stuff that we didn't want to get rid of. And it's their problem. I mean, we make shows over this. Hoarders. Hoarders. Do we really want to give into this stuff that the moths are going to destroy, that rust come in and, and, and break down, that, that thieves will come in and, and ransack and take and steal? Do we really want to invest our time and energy into this? Do we really want to do that? I know, it's Sunday morning, we're in church, your, your answer is no. But tomorrow, what is our answer? And our answer is probably not as easy as what we want to think it is. Jesus says, where your heart is, your treasure is also, right? Wherever your heart really is, the way to know where your heart is, is where are you investing your treasure? Your money, your possessions, your gifts, your time. Where is it that you're investing that? That's where your heart is. But above all the other six sermons in this series, your heart's going to want to argue against this one. Your heart's going to want to give excuses to this one. 
Well, but I, I need it. And this and that and the other. Your heart's going to want to rise up and go, no, 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 that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. But I, we all have excuses, right? Excuses are like armpits. You expected someone never, didn't you? See, when we make excuses, our heart is worse off than what we think it is. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for the body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. See, when you understand this, when your eye understand this, see, the eye is the gateway. The eye is the gateway. The eye is the gateway to the heart. It, it, it takes in the sub. It takes in the information. We see everything through our eye, and it's the gateway to the heart. When the eye is filled with light, when you understand this principle that your heart can drift, that your heart can creep away, and you can notice the drift of your heart, your eye is filled with light. The gateway to your heart is filled with light, and you get this. You understand this. But, 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 when you make excuses, when you, when you, when you try and rise up, and your heart tries to rise up and go, no, 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 I don't know, I don't know, I, don't, I think I'm good. Here's what Jesus says about that. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if, if, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. When we're making excuses and we're defending ourselves, and we think that, 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 that we have light, but it's really darkness, how deep is that darkness that we think we have light, but we're actually walking in darkness? You've walked into those rooms or walked into those houses, you just like, turn a lamp on, man. Like, Really? I can't see anything. You're like, it's fine. No, it's not. I want to trip over something. When we're making excuses for ourselves and making excuses for our purchases, we're walking in darkness and we think we're good. I've made these purchases, bought cars, brand new ones, just to buy them because I wanted a new car. I had to defend that purchase to myself and to others. I had to make excuses. All but, all this, all that. The light within me was darkness. I was having to make excuses for my purchases. Make excuses for the investments that I was making. Some of you maybe drove that excuse this morning. When the light that we think we have is darkness, how deep is that darkness? We need God to come and shed shed light and repent for the condition of our heart. That we want to invest into this earth. Houses, just to have houses and to look good. Cars, just to have cars and to look good. Sending our kids to this, that, and the other. Not to give them opportunity. That's the excuse, right? but is to make ourselves look good to other people. Have a job just to look good or have status just to look good. Have that girl just to look good, right? right? That's what you all are. <laughs> Amen. And the light you think is darkness. No. 
Because here's the crux of the matter. No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. So do we have the order correct? For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve go, both God and money, or, or, or really mammon, which is possession. Actually, the, the, the entirety of the thought of this treasure. You cannot serve both God and treasure. See, the, the proper order, and we all know this, we're in church, right? The proper order is God, and we serve God, and treasures serve us serving God. I mean, it's Sunday morning. We all get that. Tomorrow. Do we get that juxtaposed? Look, we're all good Christians here. We're never going to exit God out of the equation. But here's what we will do. We'll go treasure, and we'll serve treasure, and we'll act as God is our lucky rabbit's foot to serve us serving treasure. And so here's what happens when that treasure starts to fade away, when that treasure starts to get taken away, we go to God. And when it's, when it's in the early stage of being taken away, we go to God and we're like, God, can you do this and can you work this out? And go, da, 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 da. But when it falls off the face of the earth, when we fall off that cliff, what do we do? God, where are you? God, what's going on? God, why would you do this? God, why do you let bad things happen to good people? Really what it is is that we have the treasure as our master and when our master starts falling off the cliff with us, we wonder where God has gone. God's like, I'm right here. I have ceased to be your master because if I was your master, treasure can fall off the cliff and you're okay with that. You'd be like Job that said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Or you'd be like Paul that says, you know what? I can have plenty. I can be in need. Either way, I'm good. I'm content with whatever I've got. Why? Because God is my master and he's going to give me everything that I need. I'm going to trust him for that. And so Jesus sets us up to ask the question, where is my treasure? We all have treasure. We all will invest that treasure. Where are we going to invest it? But he doesn't leave us hanging. He doesn't get us to a point where we're going, man, I don't know where I invest my treasure in this whole thing. Do I, do I have it all right? And how do I know if I have it right? And how do I get it right if I know I don't have it right? He keeps going. 625, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Not to worry about it. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Aren't we deeper people than that? That we have to have clothing in order to live? Don't answer that. Yes, okay, all right, we got that out of the way. But don't we need more than the brand names? Don't we need more than just worrying about where we get our clothing or if we have the best clothing? Isn't there more to life than that? Isn't there more to life than food? Isn't there more to life than that? Jesus wants us to step back and think, am I a deeper person than just wanting to go after and chase after stuff? Look at the birds. They don't plant. They don't harvest. 
They don't store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Look, all of our nice little birds right out here, doesn't God feed them? We know that. Because they keep pooping on our window and on our sidewalk. We know he feeds them. They won't stop. They won't leave. They won't go somewhere else. He keeps feeding them right here. And if we went out into the trees, we wouldn't see little birdie barns made out of straw. And if we went out and saw a birdie barn and asked a birdie, why did you build a barn? And he said, well, I needed a barn for my worms, for my extra worms and my extra seed. And we would think you were crazy, right? And I would think other things about you. That's not how birds go. That's not how birds operate. Birds see worm, eat worm. See seed, eat seed. It's pretty simple for them. And Jesus is saying, don't you think you're more valuable than a few birds to God? Don't you think that you are more valuable than a few birds? And if he feeds them, what do you think he's going to do for you? You think he's going to make sure that you're fed? So why worry about that? Why freak out about food when there's deeper questions to be asked? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? what What if you do worry? What if you do? What if you add a second to your life? Woohoo! A second into all eternity. What if we add a day? What if we add a week? What if we add a year? Can I, what if we worry and add an extra year to 70 years? And that's a year in 70. But that's even too narrow-sighted. A year, add a year when we're talking about all eternity. But we also know that actually worry goes the opposite direction when it comes to death. Anxiety and worry take seconds and weeks and years off of our life. It doesn't add to our life. So why would we do this again? I know, I know, I know. It's Sunday morning. That's a good question. But Monday morning? Monday morning? When we open up the counter and the cabinet? And... Why would we worry again? Why do you worry about your clothing? And Jesus, that's a good question. I mean, you know, ever since the garden, we've kind of, you know, wanted that. Except for young boys who seem not to want clothes. But that's a separate question. <laughs> Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. It's Jesus' is Sermon on the Mount, he's on the mount, and he's, 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 he's along a, a, a field or plain, and, and uh, <clears throat> looks out, he probably points out to some lilies. Look at those lilies. Look at those lilies. Look at those flowers. They don't work. 
They don't make their own clothing. You know, they don't have a flower sweatshop to make their clothes and, you know, send off to the other flowers in another country. Anyway, economy, right? Yet, Solomon, in all his glory, all the stuff you've heard about Solomon, all his riches and all his glory and all the things that he wore, were not as dressed as beautifully as these lilies. It's probably a little humorous to a Jewish society that saw Solomon as the pinnacle of, of, of wealth and riches, that these lilies were dressed better than Solomon. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that they are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, He certainly will care for you. Do you not think that if God clothed this creation so greatly that doesn't have a soul, that He'd worry more about you who has His image? That we all are the very likeness of God? Do you not think that he would do that for us? And in a sober moment, we're like, yeah, I know. But he uses a little bit of humor to get to the serious point. Why do you have so little faith? Oh, right? Because his point being is that if we have anxiety about all this, if we're chasing all this, if we're investing our treasures into, into things of this earth and we're, and, and, and we're chasing after the treasure and we, we've made the treasure the master, we've lost faith in God. And that's a serious issue. This isn't about if we have debt or not. This is about if we have faith in God or not. This isn't about if we give to the church or not. This is about if we have faith in God or not. This isn't about if we have nice things or if we don't have nice things. This is about if we have faith in God or not. Faith is seeing things the way God sees them and acting on it. And so in a greater economy, we see things the way God sees them, that that He wants to take care of us, and then we act on that. How exactly do we act on that? We all know this verse. I mean, this was was the, the first contemporary song, I think, ever, right? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. You know, some of you know it, right? Seek ye first the... You know, contemporary, you know, cutting edge stuff, right? Still using King's English? Anyway. How do we make sure everything is in proper order? Seek first the kingdom of God. See, this is a faith issue. This is a faith issue. Do we see things the way God sees them and then do we act on it? Acting on it is seeking God, His kingdom, His righteousness first. We come back to 
hunger and thirst for righteousness. But see, if we're going to have faith, we, 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 we're going to have to look different than unbelievers. I mean, you're like, well, that makes sense, right? But if we're freaking about everyday stuff, we're not any different than unbelievers. Go back up a little bit. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. It's like, if you, if you believe, if you believe in God, if you have faith in God, shouldn't your life look a little bit different than those who don't have faith in God? Shouldn't we be markedly different when it comes to economy? I had a pastor friend that during this last election said, man, my finance team, some people on my finance team, they're like, oh, we can't really do anything until after the election because people won't give. Don't we have a greater economy than that? Don't you think that God wants to expand His church and expand the mission of His church that's not dependent upon whoever's in office? Do we have a greater faith in God than we do in our government? But do we really act like it? Do we have in our homes a greater faith in God than anything that our treasures could ever provide? Is it evident by our checkbook? Is it evident by how we invest our time? Is it evident by how we invest our gifts? Because there needs to be something that's different about us as believers than unbelievers. And by the way, this applies to us as a collective body as well. See, when I start hearing the fundraising term, especially when it comes to outside of this church, it's like weeping and gnashing of teeth, fingernails on chalkboard to me. We could go do a car wash and get people to help pay for whatever. But when we show up in the community looking like panhandlers, does that show a different faith to people who don't have faith? Does it? See, if God wants us to do it here, whatever it is, if God wants us to do it here as a church, don't you think we're sitting on the resources that He wants us to use? That whatever we need that He's provided through us so that when we go out into the community, we can say, no, 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 no. I'm here to serve you. Now this is really a truly free car wash. This isn't the bait and switch free car wash. Free car wash. Donations accepted. (laughs) No, free car wash. I refuse your money. I'm here to serve you. So when we show up at Relay for Life, not that this is going to happen, but I mean, I guess it could. People are just, people find serving for free is awkward. They don't know how to handle that. When you serve them for free, they don't know how to handle that. So it could be that somebody come up and go, 
hey man, I see that you guys are picking up trash. Here, here's five dollars. Just put it. No, 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 no. We're here for free. We refuse your money because we're here for free. We're here to serve you. So that when we walk out into our community, we're not seen as panhandlers. We're seen as people who we're confident that God will provide all of our needs. And we're going to walk out and we're going to serve the community for free. What does it look like to be different? It looks like that we serve or seek God above all else. That we hunger and thirst for His righteousness above all else. Now I like that above all else term. Because a lot of times we can kind of think, you know, seek after His kingdom and invest in His kingdom and and, and, and that. Because there's no like first bank of God, you know, that we can just go and invest and put a 401k down on God, you know, that, that sort of thing. We're just like... How do I invest in the kingdom? How do I invest in God? Do you mean like give all my money to the church? Like, no, that's not what I mean. Uh, how do we invest in God? I like that above all else because, because we can have a tendency to think, well, I give all my money to the church or you just want me to go off and be in a monastery somewhere and, and, and serve God and do that. Or, no. We go out. And we, are, we do the things that we would normally do, that He's given us gifts to do. If we are gifted in sport, go and do that. Go and coach your kids' teams. Be out there. But don't be running around so much that we can't actually invest in the kingdom where we're at. If we have to go here and drop and go there and drop and go there and drop, we can't invest in the people that our kids are around. If we're never in our neighborhoods where we live, we can't invest in our neighbors. Can we? If our job is merely a job, we cannot invest in our co-workers and invest in the kingdom right where we are. If all we do is show up and go to school, we can't invest in our classmates because we're just there to do school. See, we invest in the kingdom wherever we're at. It's a heart of wanting to invest in the kingdom. And so it isn't a matter of giving up stuff just to give up stuff. It's a matter of can we invest in the kingdom where we are? And if we're rushing around with like our heads cut off, we can't invest. We're doing it either because we get the thrill of being busy or, or, or the social status of being busy or the social status of having everything go on and our kids and everything or whatnot. But we're not investing in the kingdom. And for those that are single, like, I need a relationship. Are we going to sell our soul because we think we need a relationship? Are we going to sell out hunger and thirsting for righteousness because we think we need a relationship? Are we going to sell out hungering and thirsting for righteousness because we think we need a new car or a nicer house or a boat? Why would you ever want a boat? But anyway. (laughs) 
so that we can go pay $80 a month for storage to put a boat in there. The, the, we have a boat. <laughs> or guns, or you know, anyway. <laughs> I think that's illegal, but anyway. We all have treasure. We all invest it. Where are we investing the treasure? See, two people can do the same exact thing, but they're investing the treasure in two different places. Two people can go out and buy the same exact car, but one person, it's all about social status, and the other person, it's, it's a car to help them get from point A to point B to be able to invest in the kingdom there. Two people can go out and buy the same exact floor plan of house. And one it be about social status and one it be about that's where God is going to set up shop for us to invest in the kingdom. Two people can do the same exact thing and be totally different. It's not about saying you have to live in a certain amount of house and if you go over this a certain amount then you're too far it's not about a certain amount of car it's not about a certain amount of type of food or whatever it's about are you getting that are you investing in that whatever that is in order to build the kingdom into yourself and into others see what Jesus says is that God wants to provide for us so maybe it's just that we need a recalibration of needs. We think we need a whole lot more stuff than what we really need. And it actually takes God contracting our financial flow for us to realize that. We went through a time of four or five years where that occurred. I realized I didn't need cable or satellite TV. All I need is a redneck antenna and I'm good. We don't need the house we think we need. We don't need the car that we think we need. See, we went out and we bought a van this past year with cash. We didn't have to defend the purchase because our heart was right. It was a van to get us from point A to point B. We didn't need to defend it. It just was. We bought a van. And so if you're the average American, you're going to spend $1.50 for every dollar that you earn. See, what God sees that as, as not trusting in Him. That He's provided exactly what you need when you need it. Maybe we need a recalibration of needs. So what's your recalibration? Where are we getting this wrong? Where are we investing in treasure, not in the kingdom? We all get it wrong from time to time. Our heart tends to wander away. And America especially so, because there's so much bling, there's so much stuff that we can chase after, right? 
where's our recalibration? And again, it's not about we can't have nice stuff. God wants us to enjoy life and enjoy what we have. But how are we investing what he's given us? We all have treasure. We all will invest it. Where are we investing? Our money, our gifts, and our time. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you've given us treasure. And we thank you that you've given us treasure actually for our pleasure. You've given us treasure to serve us. You've given us treasure to serve you and to serve others. I pray, Lord, where we need a, a heart recalibration, that you, that you do that, you shift us, and you show us where we're drifting. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that, 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 that we pool, we're, we're able to, as individuals invest, but, but that we invest together as a local church to be able to, to be more powerful than if we were all just doing it on our own. Use what, we've give, what you've given us to advance your kingdom. We just thank you and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. If, uh, while the, the, the band plays, hey, if, if, if your heart's good, man, celebrate. Celebrate in this. Uh, praise God for the treasure that He's given you. If you need recalibration, if you need to talk with somebody, if you need to pray with somebody, I'm here. Grab somebody that you can trust. It just helps to get that out. Otherwise, just pray. Recalibrate as needed. But celebrate God and the treasure that He's given you and seek to invest that treasure right back into Him.